Hey everybody, I'm Zoe. And I'm Chandi. And welcome back to another episode of Bound by the Cloak. Back in season one, we did an episode about single motherhood by choice. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. It's episode two, titled Just Me and You. We decided to look a lot more into the world of sperm donations and sperm banks and did a lot more research. We came to realize that there's this whole other world of sperm donation. There are websites, Facebook groups, and more for people that do private, direct sperm donations. I mean, I think we kind of went down a rabbit hole because yeah. this was something that neither of us anticipated. It was unexpected, yeah. but you know, we can understand it because of talking to different sorts of people and understanding how difficult it is to to be a recipient at a sperm bank that people are kind of willing to go through different methods, meet with random people, yeah. have a kid. I mean, I think that what we learned is that it's a lot more complicated than just saying, I'm going to go have a kid with sperm donated uh, and made available to a sperm bank. And we were surprised to learn as much as we did. In, in addition to looking further into sperm banks and donations, we wanted to talk about the experience of a donor and being a biological child of a donor. I remember we talked about the movie Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. If you haven't seen it, it's, um, I like it. I don't know. I think it was pretty funny. But um, Vince Vaughn plays a guy that has donated to a sperm bank quite a bit <laughs> when he was younger. And um, it turned out that the sperm bank used his sperm way too much. So there wound up being a ridiculous amount of biological children that were his. And it's about his relationship to them and, and kind of trying to find them and them seeking him out. So it was a really interesting film. So yeah, the, the movie is also based on a true story. So we decided to look into what happens when a person donates pretty frequently and winds up with numerous biological children. Not all donors want to be contacted and many remain anonymous. For some people, however, um, they're more open to contact with biological children or the children are more open to contact with their biological father. We, we really wanted to know how this impacts the lives of the donors and the children and, you know, what are the ramifications of this? Yeah, I, I think it's it seems like it's more uncommon that the biological father would want to even like entertain a conversation yeah. because in most cases they want to be anonymous. Yeah. Like the sperm donor wants to be anonymous. So on today's episode, we bring to you two unique stories. In part one, we speak with John who donates sperm privately and independently. He's been doing this for a while and he's gotten pretty good at it. He loves helping people create families. And the best part is that he does this for free. In the second part of today's episode, we had a great chat with Nate Mays, who is the biological child of a sperm donor. And what's so interesting about Nate's story is that he's one of the very few that has a relationship with his biological dad. 
So here's part one of today's episode. Let's hear from John. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I guess if you could just go into, um, I guess, how you got into donating sperm and like what your process is. So, you know, um, initially I was uh, like looking through some Facebook groups like Sperm Donor USA and California Sperm Donors. And so I, I kind of joined some of the groups and that's how I sort of started to uh, look for people, you know, women who I could uh, you know, donate to. And, and so then I, then I went on to look for forums. Uh, one of them is called uh, Known Donor Registry. So, you know, that that's a... It's kind of like social media, but for recipients and donors. And so you find egg donors, you find embryo donors. And, you know, if you also see the diversity of, of I guess, member uh, types, because you find people who are recipients and donors. The vast majority are actual recipients who are actually, you know, looking for donors themselves. And, of course, the, often the case is they have a partner, you know, who will be the other parent. I mean, later on, I did find out about an app called Just a Baby, and you know, Just a Baby is kind of like Tinder, but for donors in a way. In terms of sperm donation, there are two different avenues that you can go about it. So you can go through a sperm bank, or you can go through a direct donor. So donating at a sperm bank involves physically going down to the sperm bank and donating more than once. There would be a series of donations that you would be required to do versus doing direct private sperm donation, which means that somebody might get in contact with you or you might get in contact with somebody else and you sort of work it out so that the guy will donate his sperm directly to them and there's no middleman. For me, it's both been most often the case that AI. Um, I, I haven't really donated so often with clinics because uh, with me, uh, the freezing process is not really that, uh, favorable with my sperm, of course. Fresh is often much, much more better in general. And, you know, the, the, the whole process of, of like seeing how many of your sperm will, will survive the, the cryopreservation or, or whatever, um, that uh, does uh, contribute to um, certain portion of the men being taken out because then the sperm can't survive that, 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 that process. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, um, it's quite um, rough. So, you know, with, with, with apps and, and different Facebook groups, you know, that makes it a whole lot easier for people to just simply go right over and talk with the other themselves than ha- than have, uh, rather than having a middleman, like, you know, or connect and they store little profiles of the donors and, you know, they have them like donate in there and then they might freeze the uh, semen and, and have a sample going through all this process in, in order for a woman to then later on come in and receive the specimen. So there are two different ways that sperm can be inseminated. One is through natural insemination, or NI, and the other is through artificial insemination, or AI. Natural insemination is when the sperm donor and the recipient have bodily contact or unprotected sex. Artificial insemination is when the sperm donor provides a semen sample to the recipient And then the sperm would be inserted into the recipient's vagina, up to the cervix, usually during or around ovulation. I've mostly done it AI, and 
And that involves basically where a guy obviously um, he's given a soft cup, and then the woman gets maybe uses a syringe or something to insert the semen all the way into the vagina until it's uh, very very close to the cervix. And that's been very effective. I've known that you know that method is equally effective with natural semen, you know, sexual intercourse. You know, maybe some of my men might lie and say, "Well, you know, it's more effective." Well, no, the guy's probably saying bullshit. He doesn't. He either doesn't doesn't know what he's talking about, or just simply straight lying to you uh, if he says so. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So most of the women I've met on don't want any physical contact. Maybe some of them are asexual too. So you, you find you see diversity of women, but what the, all of them share in common is obviously is that they don't have a man to help them get pregnant, and so you know they they require that assistance, and that's where I come in. And I, I'm actually going to donate to women later on today too as well. So so I, I kind of do this quite often. How often you know, throughout the year do you do it? I can't, it's kind of hard to count, but so far I've had success like seven times this year. So what motivates you to do this? Well, well, you could say that I simply like the, the idea of seeing um, part of me uh, live in a different person. You know, like a person has half of my, my DNA. You said there are Facebook groups and there's there's websites. Um, how do they operate? So like the Facebook group, is it sort of like people just make a posting and, and people respond to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, might, you find donors who post an ad for themselves and also recipients who say, hey, I want a donor. Um, I live in this area. Um, you know, they, they might be, some of them might, might not be quite picky. Some of them might be like, well, I want a donor with green eyes, blue eyes. Well, I'm not a blue-eyed or green-eyed person. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, people want what they want for whatever reason. And, and, mm-hmm. you, know, yeah, and well. you do whatever you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the websites, are those like, is that a situation where there's like a profile? Everybody has like a profile mm-hmm. and then they get to like yeah. kind of choose or does that yeah. work? Yeah. And so, so you, you, have, you have the option to put your location. And what I do often on this, for example, I'm I actually on KDR just right now. Yeah, it's called knowndonorregistry.com. And of course, that website is also pretty useful because it has different blog posts that guides you on how home submission works and, the, and gives you more detail, um, such as, of course, you shouldn't wait too long for the semen to be used because if you wait too long, obviously the sperm will die, you know, because sperm, you know, they're not meant to live that long outside. The point of AI is to basically replicate, um, you know, the mechanisms of sexual intercourse without the physical contact. Shipping, it could work, but it has a lower chance of success, um, which is why I would yeah, I prefer gonna, to travel. Yeah, I was going to ask about the, the shipping. Yeah. 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 Shipping. Yeah. You, you have to like use a TYB, which is textual buffer. Um, and then you have to like use like cool packs. And I mean, that, that said, that, that has a chance of work, maybe in the case of where it works, but it's too, uh, it could get kind of complicated. And I mean, it's not quite simple, simply, you know, give, delivering it fresh, you know you know, uh, right way to be used uh, without any problems of preparation and, and, you know, doing all that just to ship it. So, yeah, uh, for me, it's definitely fresh. Uh, and I, I mean, there, there has only been like maybe a couple of times where I did, and, and uh, yeah, one example, of course, was a woman who was living in my city. I think she's a teacher. Yeah, she's a teacher. And so um, her husband had a second me and, and she told me that, uh, her husband and, and her, they regretted that decision. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll do it. 
No problem. Yeah, I, I went there and he seemed pretty nice and pretty chill. Okay. So, you know, um, she gave me some food, like I said, please. And, and then I went to the room, you know, the deed was done. And then I left. Oh. So now I, I know that that woman, you know, she has a new baby. So uh, they already had a daughter. So so now she has a brother, I guess. You're going to be born very soon, I think. So oh. that went well. Oh. And it, yeah, and, and, it, and it worked the first try. Could you tell us what your first interaction with somebody who was coming to, I mean, I, what do you even call them? Um, recipients. Recipients. <laughs> yeah. 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 Could you tell us what your first interaction was yeah, with yeah. a sperm donor recipient? Yeah. F- funny enough, it was just shortly before uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, came around. So I was in Cotton University. It was 2019. And so I was messaging a woman. And so, yeah, we were chatting and, you know, I saw her in a group. It was, it was a Facebook group. And yeah, I just shared them pictures because of course she wanted to know how, how it looked. And so she got them. And I told her, you know, how tall I was, you know, six foot three and that sort of thing. And then she eventually met me in person and she parked in front of them in my place. And I just came out and then she just gave me the cup went to rush to the bathroom uh did it right then and there and she got pregnant when i did like that it was just like one time and it was it yeah it was like it was like once or twice in a week but yeah it, it was just the first cycle and it worked it was a very pleasing uh, event for me you know i was new at this but i like doing it are you ever like nervous or have you done it so many times that you kind of have it down to a science, you know. Yeah, you go and I, I, do your thing. Yeah, I do have a good get done to science. Uh, of course, though, the concern I have with some women that I met um, is that they were not sincere, so they lied about why. I mean, I mean, so they weren't real recipients. They were just women who tricked men uh, who wanted, you know, an eye. I guess so. Said, "Hey, I'll go get. We'll do an eye." So they're they're the kind of setting of a trap. You know, and, and also one thing that they would want to maybe further motivate me is that I'm the only child of my mother. So there's no one else from whom she will receive will get any descendants at all. So does so, does she know about she, being she, a sperm donor? Well, she she had uh, some knowledge in the beginning where I kind of blurted it out, but uh, she was not happy. But so I, so I kind of just shut up and, and didn't want to mention it anymore. Is she are you from a religious background? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I was raised in a Catholic household, so clearly yeah, I'm doing many things that go against the grain uh, as far as, um, you know, what she was taught and, and how things should be done. You know, she was taught, you know, children within the marriage. I, I kind of see marriage as something I, I, would look, I would look forward to in the future. What do you see as a positive of donating sperm the way that you do versus going to a sperm bank? Well, one of one of the things is that you don't have to go through some of the screening process. You know, there's this rigorous process that a lot of men um, can't uh, pass general like like requirements. And I was looking at a website that was talking about some facts about being a donor. Uh, for example, I, I got the information from the Phoenix Sperm Bank, and for example, it says they say that donors in the program are of different shapes and sizes, um, but the thing is that women are quite selective uh, and that women are choosing uh, donors with certain um, characteristics that, that they favor. 
I see as good. And a lot of women, they might not even uh, want to make a child with a man who's short. You know, this that's just not something that's generally favorable by a lot of women. And of course, per the FDA, um, says that tissue donors are ineligible. So, so these are these are requirements that that might discourage some men from being donors. And with in my case, I, I don't have those issues as much. Yeah, and they have an age limit, so they have so all donors must be between eighteen and thirty-nine. Some donors, uh, in my case, might be forty. So you know they, they don't feel that they have to be a certain age to, to donate. So with these two very different forms of donations, why might someone choose to go through a private donor versus a sperm bank? Well, with a sperm bank, you have a lot of criteria that you need to meet as a recipient. It can take a very long time to get on the wait list and to find a donor themselves. Not only does the recipient have to jump through a lot of hoops, but also the sperm donor themselves. Sperm donors have very specific criteria that they need to meet to even be eligible to donate their sperm at a sperm bank. So there are a number of different factors that can affect your eligibility to be a sperm donor at a sperm bank. So some of these factors might be your age, your height, medical history, education, any fertility issues that you may have had, and honestly, even more. And each sperm bank can be different. Each sperm bank can have different requirements for sperm donors. So sperm banks test for hundreds of different genetic disorders just to make sure that really serious genetic or medical disorders don't get passed along to the child. With, 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 with me, of course, I have to provide my, my own uh, STI testing results, you know, for women who want to make sure that that they don't get infected and, you know, pass on. Maybe they don't want a donor who would pass on some certain genetic disorders. Uh, some people have even um, been called uh, sperm banks uh, as a form of eugenics. Eugenics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. thinking about that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did see a, a paper on the ethics of sperm donor because, I mean, with, with, with this kind of thing, um, there's some ethical things that people might consider. Such Some things might, might be, of course, where the donor might prefer to be anonymous. Um, some people might think, well, maybe what if the child wants to know the, the identity of the father? Well, I mean, you could try to track him, I guess, if you want. I mean, but maybe that will be kind of rude and, you know. You know, some donors might be motivated by money, you know, simply want to make some quick bucks and there they go. Um, but with me, um, you know, money has never been the motivation because, well, I'm only, I said, I'm only trying to make babies, I guess, you know, and help uh, women. But yeah, I, I mean, I do, it for, I do it for free. So clearly, you know, I, I don't see motive, money as the primary motive for me, at least. And of course, you know, sperm banks differ in their selection of sperm donors. You know, all are highly selective, but some of them are more so than others. For example, California Kyle Bank only accepts donors who attend or have graduated from a major four university. You know, some men might, of course, they might lie about their education, you know, and that's a way that they might be chosen, perhaps. Some men might not be totally honest about their mental health. Yeah, it seems like you have a goal. 
and you kind of do whatever it needs, whatever needs to be done to make that goal happen. What is something that kind of took you by surprise about the whole process that you never had really thought about before? Well, I, I, I guess, I guess some people were saying that, that they were fearful that I would go after her children or something that I would request parental rights. And I'm like, what? I mean, wasn't the whole point of this that I'm not going to be dealing with any children? I guess, I, I, I guess I'm assuming that there are men out there who might have done that, but I'm just not that guy. I mean, then again, they don't know me, so I, I get it, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those you can never be too careful, so you just mm-hmm. <laughs> you just want to know and, and be sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with women who are lesbians and they're married, like, well, I don't think they'll, they'll want me. They're like, like they don't want men. I, I mean, maybe, maybe my mom is a friend, but I don't, I, don't think, I don't think they would want me as a co-parent. Like, what the heck? Like, I mean, they already have a partner. Why the hell would they need an addition? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that really happening. Um, with some of being women, I, I become some sort of a friend. Um, maybe I'm like, like some sort of, sort of like uncle figure. And I might meet the children and just, you know, visit them. That's, that's kind of cool. How do you feel about, like, meeting the children? Yeah, I, I feel that I, I I want to get to know them personally and just to see how they grow up to be. You know, get maybe see what sort of similarities we have, you know, physically, uh, maybe in interests. I, I want to know what kind of books that they'll be reading then later on. Maybe we could, maybe I might see some something about me and in them, I guess. I was wondering what does like an agreement look like between you oh, yeah, the agreement. And, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you see like a sperm donor and receiving contract, they, they, they look very similar. There might be some variations here and there, but often you find like certain things say that, that, that the party acknowledges the donor provides a sperm for the purposes of setting our consummation because um, at least legally speaking, um, it's, it's supposed to be artificial. That's what, that's what it's uh, expected. I mean, I, I pretty much, I, I sign this contract because I guess it makes them feel better. I mean, if it makes them feel that they are in control, that the, it's kind of kind of way to like really make it clear that, yeah, I'm only the biological parent, but that's pretty much it. So yeah, it says, you know, I, I put my name where, where, in it, where I'm referred to as donor. And then the recipient puts her name there, and then the partner, the donors, is said to agree to write a sperm for the purpose of artificial insemination. This is, of course, you know, the the law with regards to donors, it it only um, applies to artificial insemination because technically, natural insemination is it, it opens a, a chance for the woman to uh, demand uh, parental rights and personal responsibilities. But I'm thinking that that if they're married, though, then then the child would, would, would be within the marriage, I think. If the woman's single, though, she's not married, then it's possible that she could still you know, come after the man and say, hey, 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 I want you to pay custody. That's true, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I never even thought about that. It also protects you. From, yeah, yeah, it, it does. You know, them, you know, maybe claiming that you had assaulted them or mm-hmm. um, them yeah. trying to get money out of you in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like I said, it's assumed that's artificial because, you know, sexual intercourse is associated with 
with not being a donor because it's, it's not really yeah. considered to be the legitimate form of donation. Like it's not really how things are done normally. It's just not it uh, as far as the law books go. I don't. That, that doesn't really stop me from, from doing it naturally. Though. Yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I can see how that would still make people want to be very careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the the only thing that that I would that would care is that you know the the woman's clear that I'm not the legal father, right? And that she doesn't have any STIs, so so I, I don't want to get infected because if I do get of infected with, with something that's not curable, well, guess yeah. what? This is this this the whole thing is is shut down. Like yeah. it's over. <laughs> so yeah. that that would be, that would be quite depressing if that would happen. I would not want to have like HIV for example. That would be horrendous. I mean, so, I mean, you, yeah. everybody gets checked out then, right? So you get checked mm-hmm. out, they get checked out. Everybody, you know, yeah. has their papers and it says they're yeah. clean and they're okay. Yeah, at least, at least, yeah, yeah at, least, at least once a year for me. But I probably would do it like every three or six months because I want it to be up to date. So yeah, no, no, no custody. I know that's good for me. I, I, I'm good with being free from those things. And so yeah, the donor complete counseling just for the clinic. Well, I mean, that could be done in a clinic, but. Um, as is often the case, I don't really do anything. I usually do it, you know, at their house or at a hotel, or I do it where I simply give it to her and she uses it in the car. <laughs> so that, you know, different ways that it could be done. You know, if she wanted to do the natural way, well, it would have to be a hotel or her house. With with with, a, with AI, you know, it's, it's a lot easier and quick. Um, but of course, she, like I said, she would need to have a soft cup and a syringe. You know, you you had to have those things to do it properly. So yeah, yeah, the, the, this contract very much. Uh, it's quite clear. Um, I mean, the, the recipients I've met, I mean, none of them have ever like let me to suspect. Oh, this person might come after me. No, I think I think these women are just normal, and that they just want to, you know, have a new baby. Maybe they want to grow the family. You know, often they're they have a partner of their own. They're married, so yeah, they're settling down and. You know they, you know they what they want they want to be parents. So yeah, I'm just not really that worried. Like I said, I'm I only signed the, the contract for their sake because I I just I just presume that that they wouldn't uh, you know want me to you know have custody or not. So, but yeah, the, yeah, it seems to be seems to be just go by smoothly. You know, usually I just uh, talk with them on by video chat. You know, we, we, we kind of become acquainted, you know, they, they know a little bit about me and I know a little bit about them. And, you know, they might ask me, you know, like, like what sort of job I do. And, you know, I, I told them what I do for a living. And, you know, they they might even tell me about the, the I guess, their, their heritage, I guess. Maybe, maybe they want to know, um, you know, about my ethnic background. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was wondering too, like like you said, everybody, you know, when they go on the websites and they go on Facebook and they kind of choose, right, the the donor that they want. What mm-hmm. do you think makes them choose you? Maybe they could say that I mean they might think I look pleasing into that, I guess. They might like my interest in the background. Maybe they just like talk to me, I guess. They thought I was a friendly and talkative per- person, I guess. So yeah, they they might really like my personality. Um, and of course, I'm also taller than average. So that's also one thing that they might they might like. I think you know the 
what you're doing for different families is is really admiring. And one reason we wanted to speak with you is to show a different side to sperm donors and mm. a different way of doing sperm donations. I, I mean, I would say that, that what I'm doing is not for every man. Um, I, I do know that there are some men that are quite uncomfortable with having children uh, that they might never meet, you know. And so I, I do, do love doing this uh, for women, um, you know, single couples, you know, people, uh, women of all orientations. I, I don't really care or or racial or otherwise or social economic. As long as the women's, you know, mentally stable, mm-hmm. you know, that is, isn't uh, financially burdened, you know, living uh, comfortably, loving and quite uh, willing and able to be a parent. I'm all good. good. I'm, I'm all there to help them make it happen, make them have a baby of their own. It's, it seems like you're still, you know, getting the word out there. Uh, well, yeah. you know, well, or in your case, sperm out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> people <laughs> know about, you know, your work. And so mm-hmm. it seems like word of mouth, the online platforms. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 And, and, and some recipients uh, that I've helped, uh, some of them know each other. I think right now I have about maybe 11 pregnancies that have helped make happen. And, you know, right. wow. yeah, yeah. And, 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 and maybe more will come this month. So that's, that's good. Awesome. And I'll continue on doing this. So, yeah, I very much just love to donate with two women. Yeah, I'm no, sure no, they're no. very appreciative of it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, keep up the good work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show with us today, John. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me. So, what are the positives and negatives of going through a direct donor versus a sperm bank? Well, for one, going through a direct donor allows you to have more choice in the type of donor you would like and you wouldn't have to go through the various hoops that one does to be a recipient at a sperm bank. You, know, you probably have a contract, you know, with that specific person. And there's no middleman. So what that means also is there's no kind of control, meaning you have to trust that that person's not going to go to court and say, well, that's the father of my kid. You have to have a lot of trust in people. So, like, it depends on it. You know, if you're doing NI or AI, especially with NI, you know, you have to understand and respect the boundary that you have donated the sperm in a natural insemination. And that this is not your kid. But then as a recipient, you then need to also be on the same page and say, okay, but this is not the father of my child. Yeah, I think the legal ramifications are very complicated. What if, you know, the recipient wants to ask for child support all of a sudden? I mean, you don't know what you're getting if you go through the direct donor route. Whereas a sperm bank, they think about things that maybe you normally wouldn't have thought of in terms of like the legal ramifications.
Welcome back to Bound by the Cloak. Here is part two of today's episode. Now it's time to hear Nate's story. Hi, Nate. Thanks for being on the show today. Of course. Yeah. Happy to be here. Could you just introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Nathan Mays from Bryant, Arkansas. Um, yeah, so I moved to LA a couple months ago. I moved in with my biological father, Michael Rubino, down here to pursue my dreams as an actor uh, and also as an artist, a traditional painter, uh, trying to kind of follow in the footsteps of my dad um, on the art side. Uh, he's a successful artist uh, in Los Angeles. And so first time we met in 2016, he said he's going to get me to move to LA. And I'm like, absolutely not. No way I would ever move out West. Uh, (laughs) I'm a small town Arkansas guy, but here I am loving it, enjoying the process. Your relationship with your, your dad is really unique. Can you tell us about that? So I'm a product of artificial insemination. Um, I've known this my entire life. Uh, My mom was always transparent about that. Uh, Me and my sister, a full sister, a young age, we knew that. Uh, I did not know I could contact my sperm donor until I was 18 years old, uh, a senior in high school. Before then, we were told that we would not be able to contact him. That was just the knowledge that the delivery nurses, the doctors had when, uh, when I was born. Finding out that there was a possibility of me getting to know him, I didn't know that was ever a thing until I was 18 and my high school art teacher uh, encouraged me to seek him out. We found out through a profile on my donors, just a sheet of, a sheet of paper, uh, that he was an artist. I've always been an artist. I've always loved art way before I even knew that my biological father was an artist. So that kind of kicked off my interest to find him. Uh, And that was a long, frustrating, annoying process. I sent him a letter. And once he got my letter, he instantly responded. And uh, we just kind of hit the ground running after that. Also found out that a lot of my siblings, 24 and counting... (laughs) Uh, they, some of them contacted Michael when they were really young, uh, their parents did. So yeah, the whole knowledge of me not being able to know him turned out to be false, but it also kind of makes sense because artificial insemination in Arkansas, at least at the time I was born, 1998 was very rare. Uh, it is still pretty rare, especially in the South, my understanding. So I'm guessing that's why. Um, we were told we wouldn't be able to contact him. And and when you say we were told that we couldn't contact him, who told you that? Yeah, so we, me, my my sister and my mom, my mom was a, a single mom for most of my, my life. Um, she just really, she's amazing. We were told that by the delivery nurses and I believe the doctors told my mom. And that, that was actually their knowledge. They Because my mom uh, still 
communicates with the nurse that delivered me. They're good friends. And so when my mom told her, hey, um, uh, my son Nathan is flying out to California to meet his dad, she was like super surprised. Um, and I mean, she was also really happy that I got to do that. But yeah, she had no idea that that was a possibility. They honestly said, no, you probably can't contact. But I, I did contact the California Cryobank when I wanted to contact my dad because that's the only way I knew how to get his contact information. Uh, and I was told through two long weeks of calling back that he wanted to remain anonymous, uh, which turned out not to be true. Anytime uh, one of my siblings or a parent of one of my siblings reached out to find my dad, uh, he was very always so supportive. I mean, that he loves that. He loves making connection with his, his children. So, Why do you think the, the cryobank, you know, responded that way initially with saying that he didn't want to be contacted? I, I'm not sure. I have my theories and me and my dad talked about this because they don't want donors to feel, you know, financially responsible for their offspring that reach out to them. Maybe it's a a business scheme, maybe uh, it has to do with a bunch of kids reaching out to their donors and then donors being scared and don't want to donate. <laughs> because um, according to um, what I know about most firm donors, um, most of them do want to be anonymous. Um, a lot of them are college guys trying to get some extra cash. So I'm very, very blessed to have a donor who we're close enough as far as our relationship goes, that I, I reference him as dad. I call him dad. Um, I'm very blessed to, to have a donor that wanted to reach out to me. And not only that, but he wanted to build a relationship. So that's very important to him. And it became very important to me, even though I never, never dreamed I would have that opportunity. Pretty, pretty special to me. What made you really want to meet Mike, your dad? I was just very intrigued to know who he was. It all happened so fast because like I was saying, I never really worried about meeting my sperm donor. Uh, I never thought I could. I mean, I had a, a, a wonderful family, had a great sister, great mom, just so many great people in my life. And so once I found out I can meet my biological dad, I can fly out and meet him and start a relationship with them. That, that all kind of happened in the span of a week. The emotions were definitely pretty heavy. Um, and it was just really exciting. I was really excited to meet someone that shared my, my genes. And um, I did not realize in the slightest that it would leave such an impact as it did, a positive impact on my life. Yeah, it was heavy emotions leading up to that day, some nerves in there, but more exciting than anything. Uh, I met him for the first time. I remember walking in the airport um, in Los Angeles where he lives. He invited me to come see him. And uh, we laugh about this because I was a little confused. I saw him for the first time, thought oh, he's supposed to be taller <laughs> because uh, there was a slip up on my donor profile. that said he was 6'4 and uh, he's, he's 5'10 on, on a good day. So, so it was a little funny to, to find that out. So he was shorter than you expected. 
he was shorter than I expected, but he was, you know, he was way, he, he's, he was way, um, despite him being shorter, <laughs> I can't brag about my dad more. He's just, he's an incredible guy. Well, it's interesting that you had more excitement than nervousness uh, when you were about to meet him because it could have gone anyway, right? You could have met him and you could have just not really liked him. Uh, <laughs> did you ever think about that? Like as a possibility? Yeah, I did. Um, I guess I can go ahead and say, uh, so I received an email after I wrote him a letter and he was just, I could already tell that uh, he was super kind through his email, um, just how he worded it. Uh, he said he was just thrilled that, you know, I'm his son and I have a sister and it, I could just see his excitement through this through his words so i can already tell he's okay he's a pretty pretty cool guy and uh pretty pretty open-minded to all of this and of course i had no idea what i was getting myself into did you know he was very transparent about who he was and i was too in in my my initial letter uh i, I referenced that i uh was a strong believer in christ um christianity has always been an important factor in my life so he was also transparent and said that he wasn't, you know, being from small town, Arkansas, I was probably a little nervous just because I was like, okay, you know, we have different belief structure. Uh, we might have some different political structures. How is that going to work out? Because, you know, in a world that we live in where there's just so much division, so much hate, so much uh, animosity towards each other for the slightest disagreement. That was probably something that I was a little bit nervous with, but, you know, honestly, that faded away within the first couple hours of us meeting instantly hit it off. Yeah, he's super easy to talk to. And I didn't realize the impact it made on me until later on when I met him. It was, it was like this uh, missing part of me. I, I kind of found it in my dad. Part of me, I could relate to him and he could relate to me. Yeah. I, I just saw so much of myself in him, um, just where I, some traits that I picked up, you know, throughout my life or just who I am as a person, I saw someone who I could relate to. So how long has it been since you actually, um, first contacted him? Um, that was in 2016. So about six years. Um, and a lot has happened since then. Graduated high school in 2017. He came out flew out to Arkansas to <laughs> um, see me graduate. I laughed because that was his first time in Arkansas and he expected Arkansas to be like the deliverance movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and he, yeah, he, he did. He was pleasantly surprised. Wow. Um, Arkansas is not as terrible as, no. uh, as that. So yeah. And he's, he's come for family Thanksgiving. I should also mention he's like come to, nearly all my siblings uh graduations um which is amazing yeah it's really amazing um he's you know and he, he came to my sister's wedding he's come to family thanksgiving a few times so he he makes it a priority to watch his kids grow up if they want to you know some families aren't that into it and which is completely fine you know everyone has their different family dynamic it can be super strange at first, but my family was all for it. We were like, yeah, we want to know Michael, like bring him to Thanksgiving. Um, we'll, uh, give him the full 
Southern treatment. So that's been fun. So he's kind of, in a sense, like fully integrated into your family. Like, you know, he, he comes over for holidays and, and sort of big events. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. All my family, aunts and uncles, cousins, like they, they know Mike and, uh, and he's, he's definitely a big part of our family. Why don't you tell us, you know, what similarities that you and Mike have? I find something new every day, I feel like. (laughs) But no, as far as like the big similarities, um, the main motivator for me reaching out to him was art. He's a successful portrait painter in Los Angeles. He's, He's been painting for over 40 years, I guess. And he's a freelance artist graduated from from Berkeley and so that was the the main motivator I I've always loved art since I was super young and what's really interesting is I was I've always been drawn to portraiture uh, as I was growing up in high school can't wait to keep painting with him and gotten to do murals together Beverly Hills area and uh, so and he's come to my art shows that was a big similarity that we share. There's a lot of like little personality traits. We're both kind of crazy weird about animals. We, we love animals. Um, we all had all kinds of crazy pets through the years. As far as eating habits, we're, we're pretty much alike, but he's a pescatarian and I, I really like meat. So 50, <laughs> 50 on that. But yeah, I, I think our personalities just really uh, have always just really vibed well together. Both pretty, we like to keep it interesting. We're, we're pretty funny people. I feel like we joke around a lot. You mentioned that when you first met him, he was shorter than you expected. What was the first thing that you said to him or he said to you? Well, he immediately reached out his arms to hug me, and which I was all about because, I mean, I'm, I'm a hugger. And so he was just instantly very kind, very welcoming. And I think I think we were both a little bit nervous. I mean, we had to be. After I got through the shock of, oh my gosh, this is my biological dad, you know, this is half of me. <laughs> then it was just a normal, you know, day. Went to Santa Monica, Venice Beach area, and we just walked the beach for, I think, hours and just kind of talked about our lives, uh, our family, how we were raised, what makes us happy in life. Just like, I, I think we could have probably talked for six hours straight, just getting to know each other. And we were both just genuinely curious about the other one. And it was just very fulfilling. Um, The more I knew about him, the more he knew about me. Yeah, relationships are are important. And he definitely helped me realize how important building relationships uh, with people that, you know, maybe have a different belief structure as me, uh, maybe come from a different background. But nonetheless, you know, we're all just kind of people struggling in this world. You know, with your spirituality, your your belief. Yeah. How do you explain this in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, for me personally, uh, I, I believe everything happens for a reason. I really do. Um, I know that that's a loaded concept, but I feel extremely blessed in my life. I've just had the pleasure of meeting so many incredible people who have influenced me in so many ways. And one of the biggest contributor is, is my dad. And so for me, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, it's luck. It's pure coincidence. 
but because of the huge impact it's made on me and just where I am today, I'm literally living in California with my sperm donor. For me personally, um, it is a matter of spirituality, divine concept of why I'm here. So, which is really funny um, because polar opposites, me and my dad in that regard, but nonetheless, like it matters in a way, but it doesn't because that has never gotten in the way of us building a relationship, us just communicating and being friends, buddies, father and son, whatever you want to call it. Before you mentioned that you had 24 known <laughs> siblings, how, how many of them have you have you met? And what's your relationship like with them? I've met most of them. I've met 21 or 22. Uh, my full sister, Rachel, you know, I've been with her all my life. We have the same, same donor. She was just in the freezer for three years. So, but I met my half brother, Jake. He was the first half sibling that I met because he lived with Mike. So Mike met Jake was really young. I believe like five and Jake's mom, single mom. They were like, Hey, you want to, well, I understand. They're like, Hey, you want to get a house together and raise our son? And so that's what they did. And, uh, and I met Jake, loved Jake to death. We hit it off. I met a ton of, ton of them. And I never expected to build relationships with my half siblings. Um, I mean, just like it really wasn't on the radar for me to build a relationship with my, my sperm donor. Just, that's just funny how things work out, but that's been a huge blessing getting to know my sisters and my brothers. We just, we're really the best of friends. And I'm, I'm sure genetics plays a part in that, but I value friendships uh, a lot. And especially the ones that I invested in the most. And definitely some of my half siblings are, are some of the most important people in my life. Do you and your siblings ever um, kind of like get together for events or anything? Or do you guys, you know, just kind of doing your own thing? I get together with them every chance I have. 2021 in May, I got to meet my brother, Nick, Dylan, sister, Gina, Maggie. Oh gosh, there's so many others. Xander. Anyway, you get the picture. A lot of siblings. Uh, my dad was like, hey, found some new new kids. And so he was like, I'm going to go to New York and meet them. Do you want to come with? I was like, absolutely. So we went to New York for a few days and got to meet them and had just a blast. So you're like traveling the world, I mean, the U.S., which is very different, right? You said. I could say the world, too. I, I got to take my sister, Danielle, from Grand Cayman. Um, she got to come on a evangelical mission trip with me um, a couple of years ago in Lithuania. And that was super, super fun um, for us to, to share that experience. Um, so, yeah, I get to say I took one of my half siblings across, across the world. One big happy family and just trying to bond yeah. over different things. So what are the reactions that people have when they find out about your story? Oh, I get a mix of reactions. They're always, it's really funny. Um, I get a lot of people that are like nervous to ask questions about it because they think it's like out of my comfort zone or something. I'm like, no, please ask me. Like I'm, I'm an open book. It's not a traditional way of being created, but it's me. That's, you know, it's just. Uh, how I was born. And so, you know, I had a job in uh, orientation last week and they said, make sure you have a really good fun fact to tell everybody. So I stood up and I was like, yeah, my, my name's Nathan Mays and um, my parents never had sex. 
And yeah, everybody starts laughing. <laughs> Some people are like, what? What is he? What is he talking about? Like mouths dropping, hit the floor. And I'm like, it's funny to hear some people's reaction. Some people have never heard of it before. So they have so many questions about it. Uh, and some people know what it is, but yeah, it's always an interesting conversation starter. I, d- I definitely don't, don't tell people right off the bat that I'm a product of artificial insemination, unless they really start asking about <laughs> that, about my parents and stuff. So you've, talked about, you know, Mike as being your dad, sperm donor, like what are the different ways or, or that, you know, you refer to him or that other people refer to him in this situation, you know, because you guys are so close. I call him Mike or I call him Pops. Uh, that's just something that, I don't know, I just started calling him. Most of my siblings probably call him Mike because some of my siblings, they have a dad, very present dad in their life that raised them. Most of the time, that was an issue of the dad wasn't able to have kids of his own. And so <clears throat> some of the, the moms of, of my siblings, that's why they did artificial insemination. But their, their dad, their non-biological dad, but the dad that raised them, that's the only dad that they have in their life. You can refer to him as bio dad, I guess. Some people say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's all over the place. A lot of my, my siblings, uh, have two moms. And so that's, that's why they did the artificial insemination route. He's, he's Mike, Michael pops, dad, bio dad, anything, but sperm daddy. We do not refer to him as that. <laughs> We've heard that joke a couple times. <laughs> so yeah, anything, but that, <laughs> So where does your mom fit in all of this? From what you're saying, she seems to be pretty supportive, which is amazing. She's so supportive. She's been all about this since day one. I don't know if, if it meant more to her than it did me when I when I met him for the first time. Uh, my mom is, first of all, she's the most loving person on the planet <laughs> to me. So, and uh, as different as my mom and Michael are, they're best friends, which is, is, is special, but yeah, they're, they're really good friends. They hit it off. They're also just two, two pretty easygoing people, easy to get along with. Yeah. My mom has been supportive of this day one. In terms of this process, it seems like sperm banks have strict policies around connecting kids and donors. So what do you think about that? If you had to like speak to a sperm bank, what would you tell them about their policies and practices? Probably um, should have, uh, and you know, maybe I will still um, reach back out to the sperm bank and say and said, "Hey, you really should have been more helpful because <laughs> because they weren't because." You know, it could have gone both ways. It, it could have gone, you know, negatively. And, you know, when they told me your dad wants to be anonymous, he does not want to be contacted. If I would have taken that to heart and not pressed it anymore, then I wouldn't know my dad today, maybe. So, yeah, I, I feel for, for other other kids out there that are trying to reach out to their sperm donor. And, uh, I man, I, I hope that that's not a situation, but it very likely could be from my experience is reaching out to a sperm donor that does want to be contacted and they just get shut down. 
So I, I hope that I was a rare commodity at that, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if I'm not. Somebody needs to, I mean, that was, uh, you know, six years ago. So maybe their policy has changed a little bit, but I, I have no idea. You know, the California cryobank is the, the number one sperm bank in the country. So I think that they're more supportive in that regard, but I'm, I really, I don't know. All I have is my experience and my experience could have been a lot better. We're all over the place as far as my siblings and how they initially reached out to my donor. Uh, some of them, it was through Ancestry.com. Some of them, it was through 23andMe. I think some of them, there was a donor registry site that you go on there specifically to find your donor. Of course, my dad is on everything he knows about because he, he, he loves being contacted. And so my dad has reached out to a couple uh, himself on like 23andMe and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there's so many different ways that my siblings found him. It's really interesting. And um, there seems to be a new sibling every year or two these days. We all say that could be in the hundreds. Uh, probably not, but we joke about that just because every time he finds out he has a new kid, he's like, all right, yeah, that, that's it. Like they told me this will be it. But they, I think the sperm bank told him that he would be done like years ago. And so not they're not using his sperm anymore, but there always seems to be Another kid, you know, in their early 20s that pops up. <laughs> so we just add them to the list. I was wondering, too. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Delivery Man. I've heard all about, you know what? I'm going to watch <laughs> it tonight because I've heard so many jokes about that movie. I have seen all the horror docu documentaries on sperm donors. Oh, and like yeah. all the nastiness and like illegal stuff that, you know, yeah. is never supposed to be. Anyway. <laughs> so besides, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I did, bad, I did yeah, some people ask me, it's like, you said documentary is like, yes, you know, that's not at all my story, right? <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate so, because yeah. all that negative, illegal, unacceptable stuff takes, it gets so much more attention. It can definitely deter people away. And it, it's funny looking back. I mean, when, when my mom went to schedule an appointment and pick out a donor, she did not do so in hopes that we would connect one day. And, and I mean, in my opinion, I don't think any, any mom should go into that expecting that because odds are they're not going to be able to. And so it's just been like a huge, I don't even want to call it a bonus. I feel like that doesn't do it diligence. Um, it, it's huge that I have all these siblings. I've connected with all these siblings and just that my dad is just such a great guy. I'm curious about if you've ever tried to connect with other kids who have been, you know, conceived through artificial insemination to find different stories or. Yeah, Shawnee, that's probably something I should do. Absolutely. But I really haven't, to be honest. Um, I haven't, I don't really know how I would go about that, but I'm sure that there's tons of sites like some of my siblings, they're, they're familiar with, with some of those sites that allow you to connect with your donor. So yeah, but I, I, I've only met, I think, two people in my lifetime that are artificial insemination. And both of those two people, individuals, did not contact their donor, which is interesting. I was like, you really should. I mean, you know, but I also hesitate to say that because if, if I encourage them to, and then you know, their donor wants to be anonymous, then it, it can kind of be a let. But yeah, I, I don't meet a lot of people with the same 
story as me. I, I think it is getting more prominent, definitely. Back in the late 90s when my mom did it, they they pretty much turned her down when she asked to be artificial inseminated the second time to have my sister. Um, and that was because late 90s and that in that time, they were basically like, ah, single mom doesn't need more kids, um, which is really sad. But that, I mean, it's true. That's what she was told. Yeah, she was almost like completely denied the procedure. Actually, a matter of fact, she was denied at first. I think she kept pressing and finally they agreed to, to do it. But I, I think that's much different nowadays in the culture we live in. It's, it's less likely for someone to, to deny you a child. <laughs> And pretty cool that it was by the same dad too. And it's really funny because me and my sister, my sister's my best friend, but we are, we could not be more different people. (laughs) Did Mike always want to have contact with his biological children? Was that like part of his, his, you know, original thought in donating? Originally, he never knew that was going to lead to anything. I could even go as far as, um, you know, his mindset towards that could have been similar, if not the same as me, and that just not being a factor. Um, originally, when he was married at the time, his wife couldn't have kids, so they just wanted to give, you know, that gift of childbirth to other families. That was, you know, to my understanding from our conversations, that was his only motive of doing it. Uh, so later on, when he found out, he was divorced and he found out he could meet all these kids, you know, and from what he's, he's told me, it's been one of his biggest joys in life. So yeah, to answer your question at first, no, he didn't think that would lead to anything. And now here he is, you know, me and him both kind of just reaping the the benefits and, uh, and happily, we're just really, really glad we, where we are today. Would you ever want to be a sperm donor? I've thought about that. And uh, I don't think I'm anywhere uh, in a place right now in my life where I could commit to that. Being myself, I know I have an idea of how much of a commitment that is. You know, and I, I had someone in college, buddy in college, like, oh, I think I'm going to be a, a sperm donor and get a bunch of money. I definitely don't want to ever see the kids 20, 10, 20 years down the road. I was like, you should not do that. Absolutely not. And so for me, it's like, think that would be a really cool thing to do for mothers that uh, don't have another way of, of uh, having children. But I wouldn't do it unless, obviously, my wife would have to be okay with it. But the biggest thing is, unless I was uh, fully ready to invest in whatever, 10, 20 kids um, and be a part of their lives if they wanted me to be. So to answer your question, I have no idea. Probably not because I know just because I have no idea where I'll I'll be in the next 10 years. For you, if you're a sperm donor, or if you ever do become one, there's like no thought that you would even be anonymous. You would want. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely want, if I ever did that, I would definitely want to uh, be be as, as great as my dad has been through all this. You know, you and you and your dad have definitely have benefited from your relationship. You know, you, you guys have a beautiful relationship um, and, and even the other siblings and, and your mothers, everybody. It's like a, you know, giant, big, happy family. I wonder, you know, what are your thoughts on on other people 
I guess, seeking that same relationship? Or do you think it would benefit people to reach out potentially? Not that it, not that it would work for everybody, but but do you right. think that that's something that could work for other people as well? There's no harm in, in trying. I think people would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't reach out. Because, I mean, you know, for example, I didn't think anything would come out of it. I had very low expectations. Maybe that's important for someone in, in this situation like that to go in it having low expectations so they're not, you know, let down. But I definitely think it's give it a try because, I mean, it could be life changing. So everybody needs to know where their genes come from. And uh, I, don't, I don't know other people's situations, but I couldn't imagine not having some form of curiosity. But, you know, everybody's different. My, I, I do have some siblings who I have never met and I probably won't ever meet just because they're not interested in any of it. And that's completely okay. You know, that that's them. That's their, what they want. So have you ever thought that this would be your life? No, not at all. I mean, definitely wouldn't be in California. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would. There's so many things that have happened because of that initial initial contact with my dad. And, you know, I, I go back to everything happens for a reason, you know, divine intervention. But yeah, it just, it's, uh, it's been a crazy wild journey and um, very, very thankful. My, my dad is, is a granddad, finally. My, my sister, Rachel, had kids. Uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, she was the first one out of my 24 uh, siblings to have kids, and so identical twin boys, and so my dad got to fly out and meet them, and even got to babysit alone with, with them, which I think, yeah, that's the, that the first newborns he's ever, like, really mingled with, <laughs> and so my sister and brother-in-law have come out to California. And so that's, that's just a whole nother thing. Like my dad, I know he never in a million years would have thought that he would be building relationships with his grandkids of, of his, you know, offspring. So yeah, it's been really cool too. And you're an uncle. I'm an uncle. Yeah. All fun, no work. <laughs> <laughs> really? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to change the diapers. I can just get them in trouble and have fun and that's great yeah <laughs> just get them gifts and yeah that's it get them just be get the, them the fun they one can terrorize my sister with i don't have to yep. be there i think it is an important message to get across that we're both just so supportive of each other's philosophical beliefs and just who we are innately you know, and, and that's just something I really like to uh, to get across to people. He's very supportive of, you know, me going to church on Sundays and, and doing that type of stuff. And I'm very supportive of what he believes in. That's just one of the main things. I probably, man, I've been talking way too nice about him. I'm going to really hear it from him. <laughs> I, I, should, I should probably like make fun of him or something. I guess I did say he was short. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> that usually stings a little bit. Somebody yeah. calls you short. So. Yeah, you're like he's only. Yeah, I also, Oh, I do remember he was driving me home first time we met, and I think I was I just skimmed his donor profile and I I read that 
he marked down there, which he doesn't even remember putting this, but he marked down there that he did, he was doing 75 pushups a day at one point because it stereotypical question asked him about, you know, his fitness level. And I misread that as 750. And so I asked him and, you know, I said, yeah, it said that you were six, four. It also said that he had strawberry blonde hair and his hair was brown, dark, just like mine. <laughs> and then, so that's number two off the list. And then I said, and didn't you do like 750 pushups a day? And then his eyes got super big and he was like, oh crap, are you sure I'm your dad? <laughs> That's funny. And so, yeah, I'm glad we're laughing about that now. It was like a fake laugh at the time. And then we were like, <laughs> oh, this could be really awkward. If, you could, know, could I just you imagine? Flew across the country and turns out he's not my dad, but we did a DNA test <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it all uh, all works. So is your dad, yeah. Um, also, to be fair, 75 is a lot per day. I can't even. That is a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. He, couldn't, he couldn't do that now. I don't even. He might have fudged the numbers, too. I don't know if he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing some shade at him. That'll be good. Say, so, yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> well. <laughs> we I'm like to joke with each other. Yeah, I mean, the, the humor, right? Like, well, do you feel unconditionally loved? Yeah, absolutely. I really do. If I didn't, I definitely wouldn't be living with him because that's a big, that was a big step for me. You know, I was fresh out of college and it wasn't like, I'm going to go, you know, live with my dad. It was like, I'm going to have a new roommate that I get to keep building a relationship with and basically make up for the first 18 years of my life. And, um, you know, a lot of my siblings, they were really lucky. They got to know him when they were like super young. I I think the youngest, it was a sister and brother. They were the first ones to contact him and they were super young. I, I want to say under three, but I didn't have that opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm making up so many, you know, lost times, just making new memories with my dad. So, yeah, that, that, that unconditionally loved. Yeah, for sure. Kind of interesting and ironic because artificial insemination, but there's really no there's nothing artificial about your relationship with him. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's so well said, too. That was yeah, a good one, Chandi. That was good. I like puns. It's, it's really good, right? Yeah, it's very natural. I'm not a clone. I have had to explain that to people going that they had no idea what artificial insemination is. If y'all were to interview me and my dad and you didn't know our situation, you could definitely see the similarities. And some people would definitely think maybe cloning was involved, but it's nothing like that. We just happen to be similar. And uh, the reasons for that, who knows? Genetics, God, yeah, luck, coincidence. You know, everybody would have their own opinions on that. I know me and my dad. So, but it is, I mean, it's an interesting nonetheless. I mean, I think it's great that you're getting your story out there. Me personally, I, I wouldn't have known that this is something that existed and um, until I spoke with you and tried to understand that this is this, this is something that can be normal if people want it. Both sides want it. For sure. I've always loved getting my story out there just because I think it can say a lot to our culture. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for just being interested in the story um you know there's been if anyone were to actually sit down with 
me, my dad, or, or some of my other siblings and really talk about the impact it's made on our lives. It's, it's a, it's a pretty cool story, I think. Yeah. And, um, I think just to simplify, even if it was the only, the takeaway of it was the connection, uh, the love that it's brought to me and so many others like that in itself is, is enough to, uh, to spread the word and to be interested in it, I think. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, you know, it's it's a unique family and there's no one particular way, you know, that a family should look, right? They're all different. And I, I think that each family is beautiful and, and, you know, your family is beautiful. You know, it's it's amazing that you guys are all able to connect. And I mean, maybe you'll find more, I, <laughs> you know, and it'll grow even more because it, I think it's great to have those kinds of relationships. They're really unique. And definitely something for to sure. hold on to. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us and, and speaking with us. It was a pleasure. Um, we had a lot of fun talking to you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Thanks y'all so much. I've been great, great host. Um, and uh, I haven't talking about, I haven't talked about my family's dynamic situation in, in a long time. So uh, to this extent, so I'm maybe ever actually. So uh, yeah, thank you for, for asking these questions and, um, and yeah, and getting my story out there. Thank you. Thanks, Nate. Thank y'all so much. The world of sperm donation can be more complicated and complex than you'd ever had imagined. The implications of, of donating privately versus at a bank. What about the effects of knowing and contacting biological fathers, for better or for worse? And how sperm banks determine criteria for who is and isn't allowed to donate sperm or be a recipient. Some families have to go through a lot of hurdles to have a kid or kids. And when we hear about sperm donation or sperm donors, you hear about the aftermath, you hear about a child being born, but you don't hear about the process. So for us, it was really important to hear about the process and how difficult it is for so many families out there to have a child. We'd like to thank John and Nate for sharing their incredible stories and experiences with us. If you like what you hear, let others know. Spread the word. Like, subscribe, and follow. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.